Hi, this is Pastor Woods, and I wanted to talk to you today what to remember when you're having a bad hair day. Romans chapter 8, 26 through 29, especially the 28th verse, it says, In the same way the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words, and he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. A man was hiking a mountain road, and he saw an Indian lying on the road. The Indian's ear was pressed to the ground, and the Indian was talking. He mumbled, truck, red Ford truck, red Ford pickup truck, large tires, man driving, German shepherd in front seat, loaded with firewood, California license plate UBH123. Well, the hiker was astonished. That's unbelievable. You know all that just by listening to the ground? The Indian said, no, truck ran over me 30 minutes ago. Life is like that. We don't always see what's coming. When it does, it runs over us. Worse, no matter how you try, you can't keep from having a bad hair day. You can plan, you can prepare, do all you know to avoid those days, but they come anyway. A train was going through a town, and it wasn't scheduled to stop. A very short passenger wanted off, but he'd have to pay $100 to taxi back. The, the man next to him said, the train slows down to pick up a mailbag. When it slows, I'll hold you out the window. I'll drop you, and you start running so that you don't fall on your face. Simply run to a stop. The train slowed. The man dropped his friend out the window. The little man was running along the platform waving thanks to the friend for his help. And a man in the next car saw the little man running and waving. And he reached out and grabbed him, pulled him through the window and said, This is your lucky day. You almost missed the train. You know, life's filled with bad hair days. Even bad hair months or bad hair years. I had a bad hair week last week. But I wanted to remember again Romans 8:28, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. God's given us three truths for bad hair days. They're promise, providence, and purpose. God's promise, there's three words that are important to understand. His promise is, uh, we know that God causes all things to work together for good. Now, who are we? Uh, we're the ones who love God and are called. Two kinds of people live in the world, those who love God and those who don't. Not everyone claiming to love God does love God. John fourteen twenty one says, He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. But we are the ones who are called. God calls those who love him to be part of his family. Those who surrender to Jesus become children of God. 
God's promises are for his children. Not everybody can say, don't worry, everything will work out, because everything doesn't work out for everybody. Everything only works out for God's children. Some think, well, I'm, I'm not a child of God, but everything's working out for me. Well, if you die and spend eternity without God, let me tell you, things didn't work out for you. The second word is no. Paul said, and we know that all things work together for good. There are a lot of things about God and the Bible and life that we don't know. Romans 8.26 says, in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. We don't always know how to pray. Uh, we, you know, we don't know a lot of things. We don't know what Jesus looks like. We, we don't know when he's coming back. We don't know what's going to happen in the next five minutes. Uh, it's dishonest to claim that you don't know what you do know, and it's foolish to claim that you know what you don't know. No one should hesitate to claim to know what they do know, and this you can know. You might not like or understand what God's doing, but you can know God's making things work together for your good. The third thing is the word all. We know that all things are work together for good. If Paul had said few or some or most, we'd not argue. He said all. All things work together for good. He didn't say God works all things out for our good most of the time or most things out good for all the time. He said God works all things out together for good all of the time. Now, it doesn't say we see all things work together for good, uh, you know, all the time. You, you can know whether you see it or not. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean that God can't see it. How, how could the plane crash on May 18th, uh, killing 10 pastors and their wives in Cuba, work out for good? It happened a couple of years ago. Or think about Jim Elliott and those four other missionaries who went down to the Aka Indians in Central America in 1956, thinking they had built up a rapport with the Indians and got and landed their plane and got out and were massacred and martyred by, by all these Indians in 1956. Never doubt in the dark what God has told you in the light. Remember God's providence over you. Getting back to Jim Elliott, if they had not been martyred like that, there probably had never been a, a missionary field open up in that area. But because of their death, their attention was made to those Aka Indians, and Elizabeth Elliott and some other missionaries went down. Today, it's one of the biggest mission fields on in the uh, in the whole world. Again. Never doubt in the dark what God's told you in the light. Remember God's providence over you. Behind every promise is the providence of God. The oldest manuscripts say God works all things together for good. And it's true. Do you understand what providence means? It's from two words, pro meaning before and video meaning to see. Providence means to see beforehand and to provide for what's seen. Provide is in providence. The providence of God means God sees everything before it happens and provides for it and sees that it fits his plan for your life. There are no accidents in the Christian life, just appointments. 
disappointments are really his appointments. Often, what we think is a rock of disappointment turns to be a boulder of blessing. A man was shipwrecked on an uninhabited island. He gathered his few belongings at Oyster Shore and built a little hut to shelter himself and all his things. And for weeks, all he had was hot sun, cold rain, and dark nights. He prayed that a ship would come. Nothing came. One evening, he went looking for food and saw smoke rising from his hut. He ran back, and his hut was engulfed in flames. His campfire had set fire to the hut and burned everything that he had. He went to sleep crying out to God that night, Why has this happened to me? Why do you let my hut burn? Why do you cause me to lose everything? Now what am I going to do? Next morning, he woke to find a ship anchored off the island, and the rescue that he'd been praying for was there. He heard footsteps and turned, and men from that ship had come to rescue him. He asked, How did you find me? Well, we were passing by, saw your signal fire, and came to rescue you. You know, God can take a fire and turn it into a light that delivers you from darkness. He can take a flood and turn it into a river of blessing. The Greek for work together gives the English word synergy. Synergy is what happens when individual parts of something come together into a whole, making a greater and a better effect than each individual part could have had on its own. Think about it. Every moment of every day is one individual piece of the puzzle of God's plan for your life. God can reach into a bag of circumstances and any given day pull out any piece, fit it perfectly in the puzzle of his plan for you. That doesn't mean everything that happens to us is good. Everything isn't good, but everything will ultimately work together for your good. I've watched Marty bake cakes. You know, eat any one of those individual ingredients, and they're not too tasty. Do you, do you enjoy eating flour? Would you like a meal of baking powder? How about a cup of Crisco or a glass of raw eggs? These things by themselves taste awful and are harmful. But she takes those ingredients, mixes them together, puts them in the oven, and out comes a cake. It isn't what goes into the bowl that matters. It's what comes out of the oven that counts. You won't always enjoy the ingredients God puts into your life, but when it's finished baking, you will have a Romans 8.28 cake, and the taste will be unbelievable. Every day we eat two deadly poisons, sodium and chloride. Either one of them taken alone can kill you. Together, they form sodium chloride salt. Either one without the other can poison you, but both together can bless you. If we take two things that are bad and make something good, surely God can take everything that's bad and make it into good. So, remember God's purpose. God's purpose for you is good. That doesn't mean things will turn out like you think they should. Certain things that are bad at the time really can turn out for good. May 11, 1996, uh, there was something that happened. Uh, Domingo Pachenko 
was on a tight schedule to catch a plane out of Miami, Florida. He, the left rear tire of his Cadillac blew on the Palmento Expressway, and for an hour he sweated under the broiling sun changing the tire, and I imagine he did a lot of grumbling at that time, probably saying a hundred verses of Amazing Grace. Well, as he finished, his mother called on his cell phone and said, Where are you? He said, I'm stuck on the freeway changing a flat tire. I have missed my flight. She shouted, well, turn on your radio and thank God the plane you were going to be on crashed in the Everglades. Well, Domingo Pacheco would have been aboard Jet Flight uh, 592 except for that flat tire. Normally, thanking God for a flat tire seems crazy, but we give thanks to God in all things. Good doesn't necessarily mean health. Not all Christians are healthy. It doesn't necessarily mean wealth. Not all Christians are wealthy. God's purpose for you isn't to be healthy, happy, rich, or famous. His purpose is found in Romans chapter 8, verse 29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. Paul said, we've been predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Now, the word predestined scares a lot of Christians. We were all chosen or predestined to go to heaven. John 3.16 says, for all, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever uh, could be saved. But we have the power of choice to choose back. God's purpose is that you be like Jesus. God's purpose is that he's chosen you to go to heaven. But you know, you do have the choice and you don't have to because you're a free moral agent. You don't have to follow God's direction on that. But the best thing that can happen isn't to be a multimillionaire or to be famous or to live in a mansion or to drive a Mercedes. The best thing that can happen is for you to become like Jesus. Only God knows what's good for you, and what's good isn't necessarily what you think is best. God's good always is better than your best. In 1971, Ravi Zacharias, a that uh, was very famous, died just a couple of years ago, but anyhow, he was ministering in Vietnam. His interpreter was Hein Pham, a young Christian who was a translator with the American military and with missionaries. Zacharias left Vietnam. Within four years, Vietnam fell, and Zacharias didn't hear about Hein Pham's fate. Seventeen years later, in 1988, Hein Pham called Reverend Zacharias to say that he was in the United States. Now, the story can only be explained by the promise, providence, and purpose of God. After Vietnam fell to the communists, Hein was arrested for aiding the American cause. He was in and out of prison for several years. During one long jail term, the sole purpose was to turn him against democratic ideas and his Christian faith. He couldn't read anything in English, and the only communist propaganda that he could read was in French or Vietnamese, and that's all they wanted him to read was communist propaganda. Every day, 
he was forced to read Marx or Engels and other communist philosophers. He began to buckle under the pressure. Maybe he thought I'd been lied to. Maybe God doesn't really exist. Maybe God is a farce. He decided he'd never again pray or think of his Christian faith. Next day, he was assigned to clean the latrines in the prison. No one wanted that job. Distressed, he began cleaning toilets. As he cleaned a tin can filled to overflowing with toilet paper, he saw something in English printed on a piece of paper. He washed it off and slipped it into his pocket. That night, he pulled out a flashlight and shined it on the paper. He read at the top corner Romans chapter 8. Trembling, he read Romans chapter 8, verse 28, how all things were together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Hind began to weep. He knew his Bible. There wasn't a more relevant passage of conviction, encouragement, and strength for someone in his position. He cried for God's forgiveness, saying that he'd never again turn his back on Jesus Christ. Hine asked the commander if he could clean the latrine again. Well, that was an unusual request. Uh, no one ever asked for that, but they let him do it, and every day he cleaned the latrines. Some official was using the Bible as toilet paper, and every day Hine found the scripture, cleaned it, and read it in his devotions. Well, the day finally came for his release. He began making plans to escape from the country. After several unsuccessful attempts, he began building a boat in secret. Fifty-three people planned to escape with him. Everything was fine until four Viet Cong knocked on Hines' door. When he opened it, they said that they'd heard he was trying to escape. Is that true? Hines denied it and made up a story about what he was doing. They turned and left. Hein was relieved, but then he was disappointed in himself because he said, Here I go again, Lord, trying to manipulate my own destiny rather than letting you work all things out together for my good. He made a promise that he hoped God wouldn't make him keep. If the Viet Cong came back, he'd tell them the truth. Hours before they were to leave, there was another knock, and he opened the door and found the same four Viet Cong. They said, we have our sources. We know you're trying to escape. Is it true? He said, yes. I'm with 53 others. Are you going to imprison me? They said, no, we want to go with you. In an incredible escape plan, all 58 found themselves on the high seas engulfed by violent storm, uh, a violent storm. Hine cried to God, did you bring us here to, to let us die? Then he said, Brother Avi, those four Viet Cong said, didn't you know we were sailors? He said, if it hadn't been for their sailing ability, we would never have made it. You know, when Peter Marshall was chaplain of the United States Senate, he prayed some of the greatest prayers ever recorded. On June 6, 1947, he prayed before the United States Senate O oh God, our Heavenly Father, restore our faith in the ultimate triumph of thy plan for the world thou hast made. In spite of present difficulties, reassure us that thou art still in control. 
when we become frustrated and give up, remind us that thou art holding things together, waiting and working and watching. When we make mistakes, help us uh, to remember that thou dost not give up on us. Forbid it, Lord, that we should give up on thee and forget that all things were together for them that love thee. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. You know, to act out the principle of turning prayers over to God, we, we took a paper bag. This is a quote here I, I went into from David McKenzie, and he wrote a book, Still Married, Still Sober. And it was put out by InterVarsity Press. Anyhow, he said, to act out the principle of turning prayers over to God, we took a paper bag and wrote God on it and taped it up high on the back of our kitchen door. As I prayed about matters such as my career, my role as a father, my abilities to be a good husband, I would write down each concern on a piece of paper. Then those pieces of paper would go in the bag. The rule was that if you start worrying about a matter of prayer that you turned over to God, you have to climb up on a chair and fish it out of the bag. I don't want to admit how much time I spent sifting through those those scraps of paper. Well, now, how, how can you tell when it's going to be a rotten day? You wake up face down on the pavement. <laughs> you, you call suicide prevention and they put you on hold. You see a 60 Minutes news team waiting in your office. Your birthday cake collapses from the weight of the candles. You turn on the news and they're showing emergency routes out of the city. Your twin sister forgot your birthday. Your car horn goes off accidentally and remains stuck as you follow a group of Hell's Angels on the freeway. Your boss tells you not to bother to take off your coat. The bird singing outside your window is a buzzard. You wake up and your braces are locked together. You call your answering service and they tell you it's none of your business. Your income tax check bounces. You put both contact lenses in the same eye. And your wife says, good morning, Sam, and your name is George. You know, all these things can go wrong, but I want you to know God is faithful and he can use everything that happens in your life for your good because all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, if you don't love Jesus Christ today, won't you take the time to bow your head and repent of your sins, telling God that you're sorry that you sinned, uh, telling him that you're going to turn your life around and you're going to begin living the way that God wants you to live and asking him to be your savior, to put your name in his book of life. I want you to know the most important decision you can ever make is that very decision to let Jesus Christ be your savior. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I pray that you help each one of us, that we might realize the importance of serving you, that when things seem to go wrong, you're still in control, and you still can turn things around and make sure that things do go together for good because we do love you and we do want to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, if you want to contact me, my mailing address is Box 4031, Sun Valley, Arizona, 86029. 
My phone number is 623-845-2741. You can either text me through that number or you can call me if you really need to talk to me about something. And don't forget my email is lowercase r-e-v-w-m-w-w-o-o-d-s at gmail.com. But I warn you that I get a lot of email and sometimes I miss things just because of the sheer volume. So if you've tried to email me and I haven't answered my apologies, try again. We'll see if we can't make it work. God bless you and I hope that you're having a good time and I hope that you remember all things do work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Welcome to the family.